Hello, I'm Katie Brain and you're listening to Goodness Gracious Grief. Now in this episode, my guest is Julie New. She's a personal recovery coach, which is someone who helps others to move forward after difficult circumstances. Now Julie shares her story of being widowed several years ago, how her family supported each other through their grief, and how you too can regain control after the loss of a loved one. Julie is also a former nurse and midwife for the NHS and her story and her work is a fascinating listen. Here's our conversation. Julie, you were a a former nurse and midwife. Can you tell me a bit about your career? So from a really little girl, I I always wanted to be a nurse. Um, (laughs) I'd, I'd, I'd nurse bees back to life and you know <laughs> um yeah so so I was always I suppose quite caring and compassionate and people have always really mattered to me so um I applied to become a nurse and uh, I got into Addenbrooke's in Cambridge um and actually I I mean I love nursing but I didn't particularly love working in a big hospital so when I qualified um I went to work at Papworth um, which is a heart um, hospital, a heart and lung. Did a lot of transplantation work, and I I really loved it there. Um, it was a very small hospital, um, so everybody knew everybody. Um, we were a real team, and yeah, so so I really loved it there. Um, and then I decided I wanted to do a training of some kind extra to my nursing, um, and I became a midwife. So. Um, yeah, so I went to Bedford and uh, did my midwifery training and again loved it there because it was a very small hospital and uh, yeah so I became became midwife and then my actual um, career with, within the NHS lasted just over 20 years so, um, so I did my I did my bit. So you've for, done uh, all of that mm. but obviously that that's not what you do now you are a personal no. recovery coach so mm. how did that come about was it after your own loss or something that you were interested in beforehand so it it actually came about I I'd gone through quite a traumatic divorce um and I had a very good friend who became a coach and I this I mean this is going back years and years ago when coaching really wasn't a thing in the UK I thought what's she doing (laughs) you know what, what is this coaching thing about um, and I, I made a big decision, really, to, to start having coaching myself with her. You know, I needed some space. Um, I, I, was in, I, was in, as I, say, I was in quite an unhappy marriage, and um, I had my two children. I was working a lot, and, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that coaching gives you. It gives you space and time to explore where you are and where you're going. Um, so yes, yeah, so I started having coaching myself, and over about five years, um, she she actually said to me one day, "Have you ever thought about becoming a coach?" And I genuinely hadn't. Um, so this is about two thousand and four, probably. Um, and yeah, I I just started thinking about it. I thought, well, actually, you know, I've always because I got to the top grade in nursing and uh, in the in the work that I was doing, I was working within. NHS Direct in the end, because um, I became one of the first 
triage nursing sisters in the UK. And I really, I really enjoyed that part of my job, you know, developing people, helping people to, to move forward in their lives and uh, just inspiring and motivating them, really. Um, so I thought I actually made a huge decision to, to leave nursing behind and to do my coach training. Um, so I became a personal coach. Um, and just over a couple of years, I, I found myself specialising in helping people after difficult and sometimes traumatic life change. So, so that's, that's kind of what I started to specialise in, and that's why I still specialise in 15 years later. Wow. I was going to ask you how long you've been doing this now, but what, <laughs> what kind of people yeah. are you working with? You say people that have had traumatic experiences, but who could that be? So, I mean, it can be anybody, can't it? Um, anybody, literally, um, because none of us on our, our kind of path through life, um, well, if you're, I mean, if you're very, very fortunate, but it's very, very rare that somebody doesn't have an experience that they might need a little bit of support with or they might need a little bit of help with. Um, it's It's something that... I suppose I do work with a specific type of person, so people who genuinely care about other people. Um, they have a tendency to, because they're, they're kind, they're caring, they're compassionate, they have this deep empathy for others, they feel things very deeply. Um, and the work that I do is about movement, gentle movement forward. So, so, I mean, just recently, actually, I've, I've been working with um, sort of in, in parallel, if you like, with, um, with a counsellor who, so she's worked weekly with, with this particular person. Um, so she was 38 and was diagnosed with um, quite an aggressive uh, breast cancer. And she had come through that um, with the support of her husband. Um, they were very, very close. And... Um, she'd just come out of treatment and things were looking really positive um, and she went downstairs after they'd both woken up and she went back upstairs and he died very suddenly and so it, I, th I think the reason I, I became involved with that um, firstly she was recommended well she was actually sent, sent a copy of my, my book my second book and which is called the grief garden path and she got in touch with me and we just started having a conversation and and then she actually made the decision that she was going to do my program but it was in combination with accounts you know her having counseling because i suppose she'd reached a point where she was beginning to move forward after the cancer and then suddenly she was stopped dead in her tracks because of the death of her husband so i think combination can be good but also i think it's it's really ultimately it's really important to find the right person to help you you know to support you on the journey when it does get difficult because it can get difficult at times you know as you as you know yourself it's amazing how strong as humans that we can be because you would think going through you know having breast cancer that that is hard enough but to then you know just get back up and be knocked straight back down again if not even lower well i mean you know that that was that was worse yeah 
Oh. I, I mean, I, I always say, I mean, I, I, was, I was widowed um, almost 10 years ago. And, you know, you, when you're widowed, you're not just losing a loved one. You're losing a complete way of life. You know, nothing's the same. Nothing. You know, she comes home from work because she's back at work now, this particular person. <clears throat> and, you know, she's coming into an empty, what she feels is an empty house because, you know, the cat's there, but he's not there. And, you know, then their routine's not the same. You know, her routine's not the same. Yeah, so it's, it's difficult, really difficult. Um, and, and as I say, I think support on that journey, um, navigating that journey is, 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 is really helpful. When you lose a significant other half, a part mm. of you. Yeah. Obviously, grief, it's far too heavy to carry alone, but the person that you'd want to talk to about it mm-hmm. is not there. So how yeah. do you even start to go about? Because I'm assuming, obviously, your, your children were affected by your grief. So as well as supporting yourself, you're having to support them. How How do you even start to kind of overcome that and regain some well, control well i'll be honest you know my my our grief was quite complex because so are you ready for this Katie? go for it go for it <laughs> brace yourself <laughs> i'm going to say it very quickly because it's i don't want to sort of dwell on it um so 2009 my girl's dad died so we were divorced um and i'll be honest that that will remain the most difficult day of my life because I knew the impact that that was going to have on my ch- our children. Um, so Polly had just turned 13 and Amy had just turned 15. So she was doing her GCSEs. I, I was also grieving as well. So, so that, that was bad enough. We were at that point living with my, the person that became my second husband, which was Rob. And he was an incredible influence on the girls. He, he, um, he took his responsibilities very seriously as their stepdad, um, and they adored him. So when my husband died um, 10 years ago, which is Rob, um, we'd already been on that journey with the girls. Um, and actually, if anything, they were a support to me I think we were a support to each other. Um, I struggled on with, with my work for almost a year after he died. Um, and in the end, I actually had to, I had to leave my work behind for a good, good few years. Um, so I've actually only been back working for the past three years. And I think, you know, when, when I started as a personal recovery coach, or that's what I've that's what I call what I do. Um, it's quite unique what I do. I had absolutely no idea what was coming on my own journey, you know, on my own in my own life. But actually, I think it's it's given me a depth to what I do, a greater depth to what I do, because I think people understand they they feel that I have, I have a, a greater understanding, I suppose, of, of what they might be experiencing, you know. Do you know what I to go through that once and then to have to go through it oh, no, all again? Just absolutely, and 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 also, you know, I've had the experience of a very sudden death because 
and, and in fact, in my in my um, my gift book, my the grief garden path, I talk about <clears throat> the, the the very the difference between a sudden traumatic death and and also um, that that's like an added layer. Mm. I don't think the grief is any less, but I think you know if you've with great great love comes great grief, doesn't it? Oh, and I think if you, yeah, I just, I just think it's, it's, it's something that um, it's hard to explain, isn't it, to anybody? Um, but it's an experience that that I, I talk about. I do talk about in my book. You know, particularly the, um, you know, the sudden, the sudden, suddenness of of it and how that can how that can then impact on somebody obviously at the time that this was all going on you would have been Mm. totally overwhelmed but looking back now can you see obviously how yourself and your daughters how they the difference in their grief did they react in different ways were there different things that they had difficulty overcoming that's a really really good question yes absolutely um in fact, I could even tell you the, the day it happened and when I, when I sat down and told them um, and how different they reacted, how differently they reacted. So it had happened in the morning. It happened sort of after Amy had gone off to school. Um, she went on the train down to school um, because we'd moved, we'd moved it to Letchworth. So, um, uh, and she was at school in Hatfield. Um, so, and I didn't, I didn't want to tell, and Polly wasn't very well, actually. She'd got glandular fever. So she'd been off school for, for quite a long time. Um, and I remember Amy coming, coming home. My mum my and my sister picked her up from school, which was strange for her anyway. So she already kind of, I would say, had a sense of that there was something not quite right. And I remember sitting them both down and I, I knelt in front of them and I told them, you know, I thought, I, 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 there's no easy way, is there, of telling, you know, and I, I told them that their dad had died and uh, Amy immediately, she just started screaming and so her, her, in, her initial reaction was quite guttural, you know, it was quite, and she just ran off um, and she rang her best friend, I think, and but she, I could hear her screaming upstairs, and my mum went after her. Polly just sat there like a little stone statue. <clears throat> she just sat there. And I always say now, really watch out for the ones that that don't show any emotion. Um, there was just a single little tear going down her cheek, and she was the one that... that I had I, I had real struggles with um, for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, Do you know what? But, that... but it was but it was always but it was sorry it was always I was not just need to say this that was always my goal to get them into their adult lives healthy, healed, and happy. Um, and I I have achieved that. I have achieved that, um, and, and and myself included as well. What I was going to say is I I think I was the quiet one when obviously the the grief of losing my dad hit me because I was at the hospital with him um, and my initial reaction 
was, well, first of all, obviously, he did die quite suddenly and I, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to see him again, whereas other family members that were there were like, no, no, I'm, I'm not going back in the room. But I was like, right, I need to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I just packed up all of his things and I went home. And I got up the next day, I went to his house and my dad was a hoarder. Um, so he had a, a lot of stuff that needed sorting through and I just got a big box of paperwork. I took it home and I sat there for the whole day, just opening post and going through things. And you know, you've got everyone checking in with you saying, you know, are you, are you all right, things okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really busy at the minute. I'm just dealing with, with all of this. Um, so that I was definitely the quiet one um I didn't kind of react massively straight away um it was more I kind of had that process of grief and I'm I can identify it now I can identify you know going through the stages of blaming myself then getting angry um then thinking no none of this is real at all um it's now that I can look back it I can identify just those different stages and that process that I went to to overcome all of this but one of the main things for me is people that haven't experienced grief they will do at some point in their lives it's inevitable but grief isn't something that you know you have got for a three weeks and then it's gone you're fine again you can get back up and you can get on with your life grief is something that is with you you're stuck with it you just learn to live with it and to manage it and control it and someone once described it as waves to me like you're you're in an ocean and you know there's um big waves crashing down at first but then the tide it it calms down and it's just every now and then a little wave catches you off guard and it can be anything anything yeah. at all that will set you off and you just get knocked over but by, by one of their waves and that's something that that really sticks with me but is how would you describe grief to people? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm just trying to find. Um, there's a page in my book that I talk about waves of the sea. It's actually standalone this quote, and it says the waves do begin to settle and calmer waters return. Um, so, I I describe it in that way um, because I think. You know, when, I mean, you've just described beautifully, you know, how the emotions, they come and they go. And, you know, it's like, that is like the way the tide, isn't it? The tide coming in, the tide going out. Um, And there are moments of joy within, you know, grief as well. And that person's meant so much to you, you know, and you've been on, you know, they've been part of your life. and, And actually they will always be part of your life. You know, the, the love never dies. Um, I think when somebody, somebody dies, you feel as though they've left you. But eventually, many, many years later, I do believe that you can find some peace in that. You know, I'm looking actually right now um, in my, I've got a, a garden, a garden office where, where I work and there's Picasso's Dove of Peace on the wall. Um, and that's why it's there, because I think that eventually you can reach some peace with it, but it can, but it takes time, a lot of time. Um, I can honestly look back with a smile on my face when I think about Rob now, without a tear in my eye, 
you know, but it's taken a long time. Um, my girls, um, as you know, Katie, um, Amy's just had her first baby. And she's at a point where she can celebrate his life. You know, um, he's he's been given her dad's name. That's his middle name. Uh, he's called Roman Richard. And, you know, that... For, and, and then, in fact, um, her sister had a um, little outfit made out of one of her dad's favourite shirts. In fact, she, she crept into Amy's room because Polly, actually, I, I had a... Um, an ashes into glass or had his ashes put into glass um, and set in white gold for her 21st birthday but Amy had never wanted anything like that she just wanted his teddy um, and this teddy sat on her bed um, and Amy pinched it <laughs> and apparently Amy didn't know anything about this but she had this little outfit made for him and that was very emotional so you're right, you know, the, the waves can come back and they can hit you without warning. Um, but then they recede quite, can recede quite quickly. Um, and I think that's, that's what happened, you know, that, that night, you know, when, when Polly gave Amy the teddy, Teddy Rushkin, um, that was her dad's teddy. Um, and he's, you know, he's sitting on his changing mat um, and she'll talk to him. I know she'll talk to him about her dad. Um, you know, and that's that's a lovely thing. That's so beautiful, and everyone has their own way of grieving, and there is no mm. right or wrong way no. to grieve. So no. it's whatever whatever you're comfortable with. Um, I'll just mention quickly. So we we lost my nan earlier in the year, and oh, yesterday we um, had a little ceremony um, to scatter her ashes because obviously with COVID we weren't able to do anything. Yeah. Uh, so we finally yeah. got to do that. So that was a big relief for my mum. Um, yeah. But what we did do, we, me, my mum and my sister, we got these stones and each stone contains some of my nan's ashes. So now we've all got a stone each, Aww. which we can, you know, put at home somewhere and um, my mum's put hers on her desk because she's working from home at the minute. Um, yeah. My sister, she's not, quite as comfortable with it she says I'm gonna just keep it in the bag and maybe just put it in a drawer for the time being until yeah. I know what to do with it um yeah. mine actually came with me to work yesterday and sat next <laughs> to me with you, see? yeah and then yeah. it's at home at the minute so I'm gonna find a lovely place to to put it but that's just yeah. you know something that we felt we really just we wanted to have her with us still yeah, um, yeah. and I'm so I'm so glad that we did that but for anyone who has is recently bereaved and they're kind of thinking there is no way that I'm ever you know going to stop feeling this pain this hurt this is just impossible to to yeah. ever get over mm-hmm. how how does someone start to regain control of their life and move forward after something like the loss of a loved one well i I, I think i actually opened opened my book at a page could i just read read it yes please do because i've actually opened it up in the final chapter it's very short read by the way um this actual chapter um is is all about um what i call watering you so I actually wrote here, um, you need to keep watering you. Most people, people will cross the road to avoid you when dark times fall. 
Mostly, this is because they are not worried. They are worried about saying the wrong thing. Try not to be hurt, even when a friend seems like they don't want to talk to you. However, there will always be people, like my friend Julie, who stays stayed stay steadfast there on the garden path beside you and won't budge. Look out for those people because they are invaluable to you and your well-being. And one day, you will hopefully be able to repay their kindness by being there when they are going through a difficult time. So my one of my things that I, I talk about, you've, you've just alluded to somebody that might be newly bereaved. I talk about this watering you um, thing. And in, even since the book came out, actually, I've, I've gone even deeper with that because I think it's just really important to do the basics. So are you ready for what the basics are? Please, please share. So it's eat, sleep, breathe, repeat. Very obvious things. Very obvious things. But eating, often we don't feel like eating. We don't. I mean, I had... I was part of a, um, a Facebook group that um, called Young Widowed and Facing the Future Together. And I remember there was a really young girl. Um, she was actually a nurse in her early 20s. And they'd just finished a marathon, her and her partner. And he didn't feel very well. Um, and within days, he'd been diagnosed with terminal cancer. They got married. And she... I, I actually kind of connect. I'd connected with her anyway, but the morning of his funeral, I got her to eat some honey on toast because she just didn't feel like eating. She didn't want to eat anything because, but I just encouraged her just gently to, to eat something. You know, the sleeping bit, sleep evades us when we're, when we're, you know, grieving quite often. And so if you can just rest during the day or you can get, some kind of sleep um, at some point in the day it's it's really important because it's exhausting you know you've got your watering can and you've got a great big hole in it you know because this thing's happened to you you have to somehow top that up um, and the breathing bit we when we're in pain we actually forget to breathe that is that is a fact and or we hold our breath and so we become even more anxious so just to do those really basic things, eat, sleep, breathe, repeat, so important. And then the, the actual watering um, sort of can increase. You can start increasing that. You can start doing a little bit of exercise. My dog, Ben, he, my cockapoo, Ben, he got me out of the house, honestly, when Rob died for about a year. That's all I would do. He, he actually got me out of, out of the house because I had to walk him. You know, I had to take him out. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's, but everybody's different. Everybody needs different things. So it's physically, mentally, emotionally. What do you, you know, people need to just sit down and think, what do I need right now? And also, you've got the support. There's so much support out there. The person that wrote the, um, the forward to my book is called Linda Magistris, and she started an amazing charity called the Good Grief Trust. Um, which I support. So a pound from every copy goes to the Good Grief Trust. Yeah, I know um, Linda. I've spoken to her and the work she does it is fantastic. No, it, it, it really is. I mean, I've been involved since before its, well, before its inception, really. And I met, I met Linda. She was on a train, actually, and I, we connected. 
<laughs> over a cup of coffee. It's strange um, how things happen. On Facebook, yeah, on social media. So, um, and we, I, I fully support what she does. And, you know, we've, we've got National Grief Awareness Week now that she started. Um, so that's between the second, sorry, the third and the eighth of, of December. Um, I mean, I was at St. Paul's Cathedral with them um, in December last year, and it was such a privilege because they were only allowed a certain number of people. Um, but I was invited to go to that and just to hear and see um, Linda speaking and, um, you know, raising that awareness. But there are over 800 charities, you know, individuals that are on the website. So it's the Good Grief trust.org um and yeah you can you can get my get my book through there um you know there's so much support in there but i think support is such an important thing such an important thing um on this journey and you know whether that's a peer whether that's a friend or you know it might be your teddy <laughs> do you know what i mean um it could be anything um but it's finding that where you know what do you need what what comfort what support do you need um you know on that on that part of your journey um and it's you know there's there's a lot of support out there That was Julie New, a personal recovery coach. If you want to find out more about Julie and the work that she does, you can visit www.julienew.co.uk. There you'll find Julie's blog and also a shop if you'd like to purchase either of Julie's books. They are a really great gift for someone who has recently lost a loved one. If you're stuck of what to say or what to do, then this is just perfect for that moment. I'll give you that website once more. It's www.julienew.co.uk. I'm Katie Brain. Thank you for listening to Goodness Gracious Grief.